Hello listeners and welcome to another State of the Union, your weekly breakdown of all things Scottish independence. I am your host, Stephen Payton. The date is Friday the 24th of September 2021. Let's get into it. Kicking things off, the seven-year anniversary of the first independence referendum passed by this week on the 18th of September. Seven years. Can you believe that? In those seven years, the political state of the UK has changed pretty dramatically. The SNP has become the dominant parliamentary political force in Scotland. We are no longer in the European Union, despite Scotland voting to remain. There was a pandemic. TikTok is a thing now. Major Black Lives Matter protests took place across Scotland and the rest of the world in protest of police violence. And La La Land was mistakenly announced as the Best Picture winner at the Oscars. Today's question is, however, how well have the promises made by the No campaign stood up these past seven years? Not so well, it turns out. The big one obviously being that only a no vote could protect Scotland's place in the European Union. That is not quite how things turned out, is it? Another Better Together promise actually resurfaced the other day, promising that staying in the UK would mean lower energy bills. Something that's quite laughable as energy firms are currently collapsing and the prices are rising at record rates. Or we could look at how Better Together promised that staying in the UK would mean we were better placed to protect the most vulnerable in Scotland. Well, now the Tories are cutting the universal credit uplift and are about to push more homes into poverty as a result. It has been described by one charity as the biggest single social security cut since the end of the Second World War. Rather than getting extensive new powers, instead we're now facing power grabs on the Scottish Parliament on multiple fronts. And we're just seemingly stuck facing endless Tory rule that Scotland has voted against in every UK election since the 50s because of the broken electoral system that Britain uses and refuses to give up. I actually really do believe that many people in the No campaign really believed all of this when they were saying it back in 2014 and earlier than that. But unfortunately, the past seven years have shown us that they were genuinely writing checks that they were never sure they could cash. And here we are. The upside being, though, that in the next referendum campaign, we will have plenty of proof that literally nothing promised by the Tories and the No campaign itself can be trusted. No promise of further powers or security. No promise of treating the devolved nations with respect. Winning the last referendum was just the first step. It was just the first step. The next part was actually doing the work. We were repeatedly told that a no vote was not a vote for the status quo, but for a changed relationship with the UK. And that didn't happen. So now we've got seven years worth of ammunition and we'll be using it. And we can no doubt include whatever the next year or so throws at us because Westminster's politicians are showing no desire to slow down when it comes to showing us how little they understand or care about Scotland's position within the Union. Case in point being Labour leader Keir Starmer's offensively ill-informed analysis of Scotland's political scene this week. 
Starmer released a 12,000 word essay on his post-pandemic vision for the UK, which mentioned Scotland a grand total of three times, and only then to criticise and attack the SNP. Naturally, he fell back on the classic, the SNP are just trying to cause division with their nationalism, like the Tories' shtick, which is such tired nonsense. Even stating that they were using nationalism to whip up a fear of the other. What other? What other are you talking about here? Unless, is this just another rehash of indie supporters hate the English, even though plenty of English people living in Scotland actively support independence and are very welcome here? And then there's Starmer's 10 principles that he claims would form a new contract between Labour and the British people and which wouldn't look out of place in a Tory manifesto. Coupled with a recent outburst from a Tory MSP in the Scottish Parliament in which they shouted that the SNP had made it so English people weren't welcome in Scotland then had to apologise, it seems that the anti-English myth is still getting good use among anti-indie campaigners and that is despite it having absolutely no grounding in reality. It is pitiful and so exemplary of the fact that when it comes to protecting the union, people are apparently willing to say anything, even if it isn't true. This can only backfire. More than that, it further shows the political divide between Scotland and Westminster, where ignorance of Scotland appears to reign supreme, something that can equally be seen in recent cabinet changes, interestingly. During the big cabinet reshuffle recently, Boris Johnson failed to appoint a backup minister at the Scotland office. Tory MP David Duguid previously held the junior position at the department, but was dismissed and not replaced. It seems either the post will not be filled, or Boris Johnson is struggling to find someone, anyone, to take the role. But it's not like that extra pair of hands was actually doing anything to protect the union anyway, to be fair. SNP MP Manny Black commented that perhaps the UK government is waking up to the reality that the Scotland office has become utterly redundant since devolution and is merely a Tory propaganda unit that Scottish taxpayers are having to pay for. Yeah, that's about right. But that does bring us to an end this week. So with all that said, where does that leave the State of the Union? In the same place as the promises of Better Together and the open vacancy at the Scotland office. Broken and empty. See you all again next week. <laughs>